Welcome to Science and Sci-Fi Geeks. This is Interface to Face, the podcast that brings you interviews with some really cool people. I'm Chuck Tomasi, and unfortunately, Craig couldn't join us at this time, but regardless, we are thrilled to have Neil Grayson, the actor who plays Douglas Fargo on one of our favorite shows, Eureka. We met Neil at Dragon Con 2010 and immediately felt the geek vibe, so we had to have him on our newest podcast today. Neil, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, my daughter said it's getting harder to get a hold of you now that you're the head of GD. This would have been so much easier last season. Yeah, yeah, probably, you know, and, you know, just because I'm so busy um, sitting in in my chair at this desk right now in a weird corner of my management's office looking at Twitter. (laughs) Tell the listener a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm, uh, I'm a Canadian actor. Uh, I've been working up there for probably about uh, 10 10 or so years now. Yeah, I'm just kind of one of those lucky ones that managed to jump onto, or I've managed to be working for the last decade up there and, you know, supporting myself, which is uh, kind of lucky for anyone in this industry. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I'm just kind of a normal guy who happens to be on television. That's not normal in my book. (laughs) (laughs) how did you get into acting was it always you know childhood ambition or or did you discover it you know in your late teens or what happened there well when i was younger i I used to watch a lot of in living color and stuff like that so i kind of wanted to be a stand-up comedian and like jim carrey was like kind of a huge influence on me with that and then when i got into high school i just sort of i joined the drama club because that was kind of you know the place for uh for all the uh, the odd people in school to go to, you're either in band or in drama, and I have very questionable musical skills. <laughs> so I just uh, I just did that. I did the drama thing, and um, yeah, I, I got in. I, I went to acting school after that. Got an agent, and it just sort of all fell into place. That's awesome. Yeah. Now I got the feeling at Dragon Con that you're a bit of a geek. How close is Douglas Fargo to Neil Grayston? I'd say there's a lot of elements. I mean, I'm a bit more, I think I have a bit more grace than Douglas Fargo does, although describing myself as having grace is odd and weird. I don't know why I said that word. But, um, I mean, I, I'm not as bumbling as him, but I definitely uh, I like my dorky stuff. And, uh, I mean, I've, right now, just like five minutes ago, I was totally dorking out over the Game of Thrones uh, trailer for HBO. So just read those books. And then I was just watching it like, oh man, look who they got is that person. That person looks like the way I thought they would look in the book, you know? So, I mean, I have my uh, little geek tendencies like that for sure. Yeah. A friend of mine coined the term geek gasm when you have stuff like that, or you open up a new gadget and go, oh, my new, you know, new iPad or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, look at all the things it does. And then you want to show everyone and they're kind of like, Oh, that's yeah, whatever. Cool. <laughs> well, the first time you see Blu-ray and high def, it's like, <gasps> my wife did that when she saw the Paramount logo because the first movie we got for Blu-ray was uh, Star Trek. And she's like, no, oh, wow. And I went, that's just the logo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I kind of did that. I just bought a new TV recently, finally, because I had bought another TV two years ago and it <clears throat> broke somewhere in transit and it was not covered by insurance and I was very angry. So I finally went and got a new TV, and I got, like, the HDMI cables and everything and hooked it up. Yeah. And I just sort of sat there going, like, oh, I have the best TV in the world. It's so crystal clear. Look at how black those blacks are. Look at how white the whites are. And look at how vivid those colors are. And it was just, yeah, one of those things. You're just like, all right. I even actually got my girlfriend excited about it, too, which was 
pretty cool. She doesn't get too excited over stuff like that. Like she's one of those people that could listen to a hundred and twenty eight, you know, kilobyte MP three from like, you know, back in two thousand where it's got all that weird sound and like, you know, whatever terrible sound and be like, What well, sounds fine to me where I'm like, No, you have to listen to it in your headphones. It sounds terrible. I will show you a proper one, you know, like but she was actually excited by the quality of the T V this time. It's pretty sweet. That's cool. All right, quick quiz. Mac or Windows? Um, uh, Mac, but it's always handy to have Windows around just in case. Marvel or DC? Um, I'm a Marvel guy. Okay. <laughs> we threw those in at the last second. I had I had Craig on the line for a little bit, and he went, okay, I'm throwing one in there for you, too. <laughs> I have to ask, are the glasses real or are they props on Eureka? They are real. I am uh, quite the blind human being. Uh, to the point where when we go, me and my friends go bowling, we we like to do wacky bowling. Mm-hmm. One of the rounds is everyone else has to wear my glasses when they bowl, and I have to bowl without glasses. <laughs> and you've cruel. never seen a larger group of people who instantly seem like they're drunk as when people put on my glasses, because it's like they're they're pretty thick. I've seen a number of pictures with you without glasses, though. Yeah, that's when I'm wearing contacts. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a great visual. People bowling with your glasses. Yeah, it's good. It's 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 a fun little party trick. Now, what are your feelings about the crossover between Eureka and Warehouse Thirteen? Oh, it was fantastic. Like, well, Allison's one of my best friends, so instantly there, I get paid to work with one of my best friends. So it's like, okay, this is awesome. And then I know the whole cast of Warehouse just from previous things like sci-fi events and stuff like that, and uh, and the. Uh, director of the episode had directed the Eureka episode. One of the producers, who is the second unit director on the episode as well, also had directed a uh, an episode of Eureka. So it was just kind of like jumping over to my extended family's place for a week and a half to go kind of just have fun, have like a sleepover. Any more of that coming up in the future? Um, I don't know. I mean, I hope so. They did really well. So it's all down to scheduling. I know Warehouse starts filming, I think, either in February or March, and Eureka starts filming in April, so maybe something could be worked out for that. But uh, I definitely, if they asked me to go back, I would jump at the chance. Now, I know both have a Christmas special coming up soon, don't they? Yeah, tonight. Is it tonight? I set the DVR and forgot about it, so I'm going to have to look. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm going to have to get this out real fast, then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we... uh... I mean, they're, they're not crossovers. Some people have kind of thought that, but it's uh, the Eureka one starts at 9, and the Warehouse one, I guess, is at 10. And, uh, yeah, they're kind of they're self-contained. They don't really have spoilers or anything. Like, you don't have to... Uh, it, it's not something that's going to affect next season or anything, but I think what they're planning to do with them is air them every year, kind of make a little, you know, an actual Christmas special that you can look forward to every holiday season. And uh, I haven't seen the Warehouse one, but I saw the Eureka one. And the special effects in it mm-hmm. just blow me away. Really? Like, I can't, yeah, like, like they really pulled out the stops for some of the stuff in it, where I was just sort of like, I had to rewind it and just go really close, because I was watching it on my computer. I just had to, like, sit there really close and look at all the little details of these, like, there's this one certain thing that I don't want to spoil it, but something's rolling down a street, and you'll know it when you see it. But it's it's so well done that it just kind of, I don't know, the, the effects people, I think, this season in general have really, really, like, pumped it up a notch. I'm, is that even a phrase, pumped it up a notch? I think I'm <laughs> it is now. Like eight different things. Yeah. Grayson says pump it up a notch, so that's what happens. But no, it's, uh, it's a really fun little self-contained episode with uh, 
yeah, we got Matt Frewer coming back and Chris Parnell from uh, Saturday Night Live and various other things is also in it. And it's, uh, yeah, I hope people enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Where, what are your feelings about where they took Eureka? Obviously, you got a cooler job. But uh, yes, were I you did. surprised when they didn't reverse this situation in a couple of episodes? Have you seen so many other major plot changes take? Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. When, they, when the writers initially told me, like, last December, their plans for the season, they were all really excited to tell me about this, like, you know, time shift thing. And I was sort of like, oh, that's cool, guys. But you fix it, so, okay, whatever. But then when they sort of said, like, and then it stays... Then I was just kind of like, oh, this is a risk that is so awesome, and it's such a good way to refresh The it. risk factor was just pretty ballsy, but they pulled it off well. Yeah, well, because you run that, like, you, to say risk again, you run the risk of making it seem like the first three seasons were, you know, like, oh, it was just all a dream. But the fact that, you know, the core, the six that went back they still have that link to the previous seasons. So you're not just scrapping everything and pretending, you know, the whole thing didn't happen. So I think that's kind of what, what made it work was the fact that it wasn't just a clean slate, wipe everything off the table and like put everything, you know, back there, put everything the way you, you kind of want it. So I really, uh, I respect the writers and the network for saying yes to that. Cause it, you know, could have possibly fallen off the deep end pretty horribly. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it didn't. We had, I think, our highest rated season, which for a fourth season is an odd thing. Usually you're kind of hitting the downslope at that point. But we, uh, yeah, we did uh, very well with it. Any hints on where that's going, or hasn't that been quite written out yet? Um, actually, we've already filmed another 10 episodes that I think will be airing next summer while we're filming season five, which will probably air in the summer of 2012. But, um, I mean, we've got now Will Wheaton and Felicia Day have a huge part to do with uh, the, the second half of season four, as they call it. Um, I don't know what I can tell you about it. All I know is that it's, it seems like this one has like a very definite arc to it. Like almost like filming it. I, I can't really remember specifically what, what episode was what, because it's, it's really tied in, like it's one long story. But uh, it, it basically starts out with Fargo and Zane getting into some shenanigans that uh, become very exciting and inform what happens for the rest of the season. Oh, there's still the, the looming secret that the five who went back have to keep. I mean, does that start to rear its ugly head again? Um, yeah, I can't really give spoilers, but I mean, I think there, uh, I, I think there, there are little hints of things and stuff like that. But for the most part, I mean, this is, this is the new world that they live in. So they've kind of settled into that. Like we're, we're definitely there to stay for the last, for that like second half of season four. Now, are there any technical consultants? I'm sure there are uh, on the show that ensure that the fiction part actually makes sense. Yeah. Um, actually Kevin, uh, Grazier is, uh, he works, He's a consultant for NASA, I do believe, or he works at NASA. He's our science advisor. He did, uh, I think he did Battlestar as well. So, I mean, in, in our show, because a lot of it is kind of fantastic yep. science, it can't always be exactly, you know, exactly scientifically proper, because otherwise they probably would have that in real life. So we do have to bend science a bit, but he keeps us on track as best, you know, as he can belong to with the writers wanting to be able to actually tell a story and have the most exciting thing that they can have happen happen. But, you know, as long as we're not 
just getting ridiculous with the science where it's like, oh, the phone turned into a chicken and it's because someone rolled the <laughs> dice. You know, like, as long as we're not doing magic, I think we're, we're in a good place. Do you, ever, do you ever spout off something in your script and you go, you know, the retro encabulator, technorometron, blah, 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 and you go, what is that supposed to mean? Oh, all the time. Like, I, I, I try to do research on what I'm saying and I've noticed that, like, like usually Wikipedia is the one to go for but then I just get into this like link clicking hole of okay, so that the positronic ionizer is a dampening field that creates molecular and then so I like have to click on what each thing is because I realize I'm just reading words and like not understanding them. And then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where I'm like, okay. I don't know what I read at all, but I just read probably about 60 textbooks of stuff. So I just kind of try to uh, pretend things are other things in my head to make it mean something to me. And uh, that, that's kind of how I get through the science part of it. Yeah, Colin Ferguson's character can pull that off because he's just confused all the time anyway. And he, he, he gets credit for not pronouncing things right. Yeah, and the funny thing is Colin probably is the one with the most understanding of, of the things. Like he's he's just he's a really really smart guy. He can just pick things up very intuitively. So it's like he can actually explain to you what you're saying in in like layman's terms, and you're like, oh, okay, thanks, Colin. Which is completely backwards from the way that they're written. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe Morton actually is amazing for that as well. Now, yeah, that well, that would make sense, you know, in terms of aligning the character with the actor. Yeah, yeah that that's kind of cool. Take a fact-based journey through the cosmos with Astronomy Cast. Join me, Dr. Pamela Gay, and my co-host Fraser Kane, publisher of Universe Today, as we discuss not just what we know, but how we know it. Topics range from dark matter to why Pluto isn't a planet. Get your episodes today at astronomycast.com or look for us in iTunes. Hey, this is Colin Ferguson from Sci-Fi Zuriga. I play Sheriff Jack Carter. And now back to Chuck and Craig. Now, what are your feelings about uh, now that you're getting more recognition at cons? Well, it, it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, Dragon Con was amazing. I'd, like, I haven't actually done that many. I've been to Comic-Con in San Diego three times, but that's more of a like crazy circus of press and interviews and photo ops and stuff like that. Whereas Con or Dragon Con was actually just like, cool. This is a bunch of people who are fans of the show that uh, just get to walk around and talk to like, you know, or just get to see. So I really, I really enjoyed that. I mean, I realized seeing some of the pictures coming up on, you know, uh, Twitter and stuff like that. I'm like, I, I talked to that many people. Like, there's just whole points where it's like, I don't remember this entire series of events happening because it's just like, it gets a bit overwhelming because there's, you know, what is it? There's, is it 40,000 people every day come through or something? Or am I just... Something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's huge. So it's been one of those things. Like, I I just love, too, how fans of sci-fi are, they're just really 
sort of down to earth and like really kind of respectful and really nice. And they sort of like, you know, you can just talk to them and you just, you know, like, like you've just met on the street or something. So it's uh, definitely, I definitely want to go back next year. Awesome. Look forward to seeing you. Well, it was one of those things too. My girlfriend and I were talking about it where it was like, man, if, if I wasn't on a sci-fi show, I would just want to go. Like I would want to take that trek from Vancouver to Atlanta just to go and see and like, you know, all the insane debauchery that goes on that, you know, <laughs> was just like, this is pretty amazing. I'll invite you to a couple places. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah, I get invited to the insane debauchery and go, whoa, 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 what just happened? And then it's a blur the next day. So, so then you watch for the pictures on Twitter. Yeah, and then you're like, how did I get this tail? Why am I wearing <laughs> dog ears? Uh-oh. I don't remember a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Now, a couple of years ago, you made a, a short called Stan Maynard's Best Day Ever. Yes. Which con- can- contains some Eureka guest appearances. Tell me about that. It does. Yeah, it's uh, got, yeah, Chris Gauthier is in it and Colin Ferguson as well. Um, that was actually written and directed by one of the uh, locations managers on Eureka and produced by uh, our, at the time, I guess she was our third AD or third assistant director. But uh, it's Dave and Tammy Tamkin, who uh, I actually just produced a movie with uh, last February. It's being edited right now. But, um, yeah, no, it's kind of nice working with people who, you know, are creative like that. We also, uh, the, the Eureka Production Department lent us a bunch of stuff to, you know, just get our little short done. And it was kind of, a, it was a nice, fun little thing. It ended up winning, I think, uh Dave won Best Screenplay at the Leo Awards, which are the local British Columbia Film Awards. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what exactly, how exactly people are going to be able to see it. I know it's been at a couple of festivals and stuff, but uh, maybe we'll, I uh, should talk to them when I get back home. We'll see about getting it online or something like that. Just so Put it on Netflix, definitely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, how did that whole thing come about? Um, it was just Dave had written a script, and... Uh, him and uh, he and Tammy were like, oh, you know, we'd like Neil to be in this and like star, you know, as this guy. And they were kind of nervous about asking me because I don't know why, because I'm pretty much like, oh, you're doing a short film? Yeah, okay. I'll come and help. Do you need me to like be a boom operator or something? Or, you know, like I just kind of like all aspects of the film world, especially like indie filmmaking, because it's, you know, sort of a, a free for all of a bunch of people being creative and working together and just kind of you know, getting stuff done. So, yeah, I did that. They asked Colin. He was cool. Chris, they had actually, uh, they had known him for a while longer than they knew me. He had starred in one of their previous films uh, that they had done, and he actually was the star of another short film they did after Stan Maynard. But, yeah, they just sort of, I mean, that's, that's really all it takes. You just got to ask people if they're willing to do things, and uh, most often people will. And that's how that came about. I think we filmed it over two days. We got, yeah, it was just like a nice, quick little everyone getting together, having fun sort of thing. You got a nice write-up on IMDb about it. The trick is going to be finding the thing, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely I'll, I'll talk to them about that because I'd like people to uh, see it. It might seem now, I don't know if it, it'll be dated or not because it's, I mean, we made that, geez, when did we make that? 2006 or something like that? Oh, it says 2008, so we probably filmed it in 2007, or maybe six. But yeah, it's uh, something that I think a lot of people would enjoy. What are your next goals for your acting career? You look at 
directing, things like that? Oh, yeah, I'd love to direct, uh, absolutely. Um, I think I would have to start out with the doing the short route, like, you know, making a short just because, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, directing a full feature is a lot of work and that's a lot of planning and that's a lot of stuff that's on the side that I'm not generally on. So what I'm actually, like, what I want to do is sort of shadow some of the directors that I've met over the years uh, as they're directing things and see their, their sort of preparation process and all that. But um, in the meantime as well, I'm working on getting my green card so that I can actually work in the United States, which would be, uh, you know, that just opens up a whole bunch of more doors. I've just been working sure. up in Canada so consistently that I never actually had to, you know, go that whole route of trying to, you know, like living out of my car in Los Angeles kind of thing. Like I just sort of have had a, a nice comfortable career up north, but I think now it's time to, uh, to you know, hunker down and, and actually be able to work in the States because, yeah, it's a great thing. Is there an opportunity for you to direct on Eureka? I mean, do they... I don't know. People have, like, I, I've had conversations where people are like, so are, are you ever, like, so are you interested in ever, you know, directing or doing stuff like that? And I was like, well, yeah, absolutely. And they're like, cool. And, and that, that was, was sort it. of the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, okay, uh, maybe season six, if we get, you know, if we get one. But, um, yeah, definitely. I, I, some of my favorite episodes are the ones directed by my castmates, just because we've been working together for so long. We have sort of a shorthand in the way we communicate, mm-hmm. and we, you know, and we know what it's like to to act with each other. So, you know, it's generally they can give some direction that is like, okay, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. All right, there we go. And it, it's just kind of a very comfortable process. I should ask this earlier. Where is Eureka filmed? It's filmed in Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia up in Canada, and then a little bit in this town called Chilliwack, which is like a two-hour drive. That's sort of the, uh, the outside small-towny stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all out there in Chilliwack. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of stuff filmed in the Vancouver area. I think BSG was almost entirely up there. Sorry, which one? Oh, BSG. BSG yeah, it was. Yeah. We're, we're actually we're in their studio now. We have, uh, we have taken over their sound stages. No leftover props? Um, you know, I think we actually have used some of their leftover props and things <laughs> just sort of in the background. I know uh, in one episode, uh, the one with Alan Ruck, can't remember the name of it, but they have like basically this drilling machine that they go underground in, and mm-hmm. that was a uh, that was a Battlestar, uh, not a Viper, um, but one of the sort of people transport ships. Okay. So they, yeah, and so and it was just painted different a different color. I'm gonna have to look for that. That's great. Yeah. And I think they added wheels to it or something, or tank treads. But it was, yeah, it was kind of neat for me, too, because I'm a big Battlestar fan to the point where I knew a lot of people on Battlestar, but I refused to go to the set, even though it was, like, 50 feet away from ours, just because I didn't want any spoilers. And I didn't (laughs) want to, like, know what happened before I could see it on, you know, when it aired and, you know, have my little dork out to it. Any projects on the table outside of Eureka and Warehouse 13? Um, just, um... Let's see. There's, well, there's that movie that I produced. Uh, it's called Millionaire's Club. So that's just slowly but surely being edited together. And then I did a uh, a web series, basically a pilot for that called True Heroines, which is about a bunch of uh, 1950s housewives with superpowers. And that um, I think that one's still in the editing process as well. And uh, yeah, that's kind of that's what's definitively on the table right now. I mean. It's December, so there's kind of, it's kind of a slowdown right now in the industry. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I've got my, my eye out for things, like I'm looking if there's anything for me, I'd audition for it, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, it's sort of, uh, we're heading into holiday territory now, so I guess we'll see more in January what's, uh, what's happening. Cool, cool. Uh, tell the listener where they can find out more about you and what you're up to and your projects and your tour dates and all that kind of stuff. Um, I guess just uh, check me out on Twitter. It's uh, Twitter slash Neil Grayston, N-E-I-L-G-R-A-Y-S-T-O-N. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I really should make a proper Facebook page, like a, one of those fan pages, because I'm getting to that point where I've I accepted a lot of people as friends that I don't actually know. So my, uh-huh. my news feed now is like, who is that person? Why, <laughs> you know, like, where's my family and my friends in this now? But so I think I'll get onto that. But for now, Twitter is probably the best, uh, the best way to find out what I'm doing and to hear my random ramblings that sometimes pop into my head. Uh, what would Twitter be without useless information? That's right. That's right. I, I don't know if, you registered neilgrayson.com, but I went to look for your name on Wikipedia, and there's actually a footballer, which I assume is a soccer player. Yeah, yeah, a British a With British the same guy, yeah. name. <laughs> so is the is the neilgrayson.com taken by him? Actually, no. You know, funny you said that. I just finally, uh, I bought that about three days ago, and it's being worked on pretty much as we speak. It should be up in a couple weeks or so. It's just going to be a simple little thing, but it'll have links to stuff and all that but yeah you know speaking of that there's also another neil grayston who was the uh british attache to the secretary of defense of slovenia something like that is like this weird long obscure almost cold warish title but he wrote some papers i think like if you really search google if you go like you know a few hundred pages in you could probably find something that he wrote which is kind of like i want to meet that neil grayston just to know, like, does he still live in Slovenia as the British attaché, whatever it is? <laughs> well, you'll have to, uh, maybe you'll have to change your acting name to uh, use your middle initial, you know, like Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Neil G. Grayston. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Neil, for giving us some of your time and talking to us. Awesome. Well, thank you. And sorry for uh, being completely unable to type out a uh, phone number. <laughs> worked out in the end. Yeah, awesome. All right. All right. Take care. Cool. Yeah, you too. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode of Interface to Face. We hope you enjoyed it. You can find us at chuckchat.com along with several other great podcasts or search for Interface to Face on iTunes and have the show automatically delivered as new shows come out. Theme music provided by George Wood. You can find him and his music at podsafeaudio.com. Want to get in touch with us? Got any ideas for people in science and sci-fi you think we should talk to? Send your email comments to interface to face at chuckchat.com or follow us on Twitter at interface to face. We'll be back where we'll interface to face for you. <laughs>